0: hi everybody pete sardis for the lore you know and we are back talking about episode two of the hulu miniseries the dropout again this is a spoiler alert i'm going to talk about things that happen in the episode so we can discuss what's true what's true ish and what's false But before we do that, if you're enjoying the episode, please give me a thumbs up. If you enjoy the series, please subscribe. And as always, please leave me questions and comments below. Specifically, do you like me doing these recaps of the episodes? If the answer is yes, I'll keep doing them. If you would prefer that I focus on the Sunny Balwani trial, which is starting here soon, please let me know and I'll just focus on that. You tell me and I'll do whatever it is that you guys want. All right, with that, let's talk about episode two. Episode two pretty much starts and you see Elizabeth Holmes pretty much becoming a young entrepreneur and learning how the world of startup tech actually works. You see uh, some scenes where her lab friends from Stanford are now her employees and you know people working with her to get Theranos off the ground. And one of the things that's telling is the actors portraying some of the lab technicians say, listen, we'll get the tech to work. You just go focus on the money. And that's exactly what Elizabeth Holmes does. She actually invested $30,000 of her tuition, which she basically talked her parents into letting her have, into the company. And she raises about $6 million from her friends and family to push the startup. This is kind of where the importance, I think, of Sonny Balwani also comes into play. We realize that she met him back in 2002 and the relationship starts somewhere in 2004, 2005 timeframe, which is right about the time she had left Stanford and started Theranos. And it portrays Balwani Basically, as a mentor and a teacher, he's showing her how to get out there and how to, you know, go to those venture capital people and how to solicit money for a startup. And again, the episode kind of walks through Elizabeth Holmes going from startup to startup, and you see all these, uh, I don't know, snooty investor types basically telling her no because either she's not presenting it well or she really can't, she's not uh, connecting with them to get the, those investor dollars. But, One of the things that I think is um, necessarily a part of creative license is Balwani begins to say in the episode that, you know what, you're too beautiful and no one's going to take you seriously. And he's trying to craft her into being a little bit more uh, business savvy than college girl. Uh, I believe that this is true, and I think that if you looked at the testimony, Elizabeth Holmes testified to you know, the control that Sonny had in almost every aspect of her life. You also see the text messages between the two of them, and I can see that he is the type of guy that would try to craft her into the person he believes she needs to be. Now, did it actually happen in that type of a, uh, you know timing-wise? I probably don't think so. Again, a little bit of creative license, but yes, it is true, Sonny Balwani was the catalyst that made her go out there and look for those venture capital dollars. Now, in this episode, we meet Don Lucas. Yes, Don Lucas is a real person. Don Lucas has a company called the Lucas Venture Group, and this is a venture capitalist that has funded a lot of Silicon Valley startups and has made a fortune for himself and his investors doing it. I believe that the portrayal of Don Lucas and Elizabeth Holmes' relationship is pretty accurate. If you look at the interviews uh, from real people about Elizabeth Holmes and Don Lucas, it seems like Elizabeth Holmes was like a granddaughter to him. Obviously, he was very impressed with her. Uh, She could do no wrong. And if Elizabeth said something to Don, Don listened to her, frankly, to his own detriment. So he did invest in the company. He, in fact, saved Theranos from bankruptcy at one point with his investments. So that, in fact, is true. Don, um, Don Lucas did come on board and was part of the Theranos story for a long time. The second person we meet is Larry Ellison. If you don't know who Larry Ellison actually is in real life, he is one of the founders of Oracle. And in the uh, episode, what it happens is Elizabeth Holmes shows up wearing a life vest going on his yacht to talk to him. I think that's the way it happened. Probably not. I don't think she is so socially awkward that she would show up wearing a life vest to a yacht. But regardless, he did in fact have a meeting with Elizabeth Holmes. And I do believe that he did have a conversation with her that led her to believe that all she needed to do was raise the money and the tech would catch up to the place where she was telling people it was going to be. In fact, Larry Ellison... In a lot of interviews that he's done, you know, in, in real life, had talked about the fact that when he was setting up the the, um, the database management system, which became Oracle, it didn't really work and it didn't do the things that it's that he was touting that it did. But he basically told everybody that it did in order to get the money in the door. And he actually tells her on the boat, "Go get the f and money." And that's I think true. And this may be a slight on the culture of Silicon Valley back in the day, which was, you have a great idea. If it works, it will be monumental. Just tell everybody it works until it actually does. And I think Elizabeth Holmes and not realize she's 19 years old, maybe 20 years old at this point. You know, she, She's young, especially to be in this industry, and she may have taken it maybe a little too close to heart. But to be clear, yes, this is true-ish this meeting did happen. Larry Ellison did, in fact, uh, tell Elizabeth Holmes you know, to go get the money. Larry Ellison was very clear about the fact that even when they launched Oracle, there were bugs in the system that were huge. So I believe this did, in fact, color her understanding of how she needed to do business to be successful in this industry. The prototype, and I don't want to call it the Edison machine because this, in fact, was a prototype at this point. Were there a lot of machine errors? This is Absolutely true. We know it from not only the real-life interviews of the people involved, we know it from the evidence in the trial, we know it from Elizabeth Holmes' own testimony at trial. Yes, sometimes it would give them a good result, Other times it didn't. Uh, It was very inconsistent, and the concern that the staff had was they couldn't figure out why sometimes they got a reading and sometimes they didn't. And if you look at the series, episode two talks about you know the guys in the lab going, "Well, I get it to work between sixty-eight and seventy-seven degrees. Is it a temperature issue? Who knows?" But what we'll talk about in the future is you know the discussions that Elizabeth Holmes and, frankly, Sonny Balwani maybe allegedly had with investors was they tested this with the U.S. military in Afghanistan. Not at 68 to 77 degrees, you didn't, because in Afghanistan, it's either really, really cold or it's really, really hot. So the reality is if those were their temperature parameters, it couldn't have possibly been functional in a combat environment. And in the series, right before Elizabeth Holmes goes to Switzerland to pitch Novartis, the team says, man, I wish we had more time for trials, meaning that they know at this point that the tech does not work, but they're gonna go pitch it anyway because, hey, that's what the venture capital guys told her to do. With that, Novartis pitch. Did they go to Switzerland? Yes, they did. Did they work all night because they found out that the Theranos Edison prototype was not functioning? For all accounts, the answer is yes. They actually found out when they got on the ground that it wasn't working right, so they worked feverishly all night trying to make it work. Did they do the Novartis demo in Switzerland and use fake readings? Maybe true. The names of the actual witnesses have been changed uh, in the show, but it looks like if you go back to The Bad Blood, the book that John Carreyr wrote, uh, it discusses that this actually happened in California and that the California team sent either a fake result or a pre-recorded result to Switzerland in order for the demo to show a reading. So. Yeah, let's just say this is pretty true. I don't know exactly how accurate it was that they used a fake result versus a a, a pre-recorded result at the actual facility, but I do believe that the, whatever Novartis was pitched was, in fact, not true. The Christmas party. Does Elizabeth Holmes get a little bit too crazy after getting $160-something million dollars worth of capital? Um I don't know how off this is but I have heard in some of the interviews of again people that were uh, were talked to that were part of Theranos in the early years that Elizabeth Holmes you know at a uh, at a meeting or at some sort of event was having too good of a time maybe had too many drinks and actually got out of character she she went out from the voice as we say and into her normal speech pattern which most of her friends and people that knew her in college and before said she had like a very normal you know, voice. And this low-pitched, baritone voice was not something that was natural, but something that she had created. What I do think is a little bit odd in that specific episode is that Sonny Balwani just shows up out of nowhere, and he's kind of sitting there while she's throwing up by the, um, the dumpster, and she says, we made up the results at Novartis. Do I think that happened? No. And I'll tell you why I think it didn't happen. I think Sonny Balwani is a guy that is very smart. I think that you don't make you know don't I, I think you don't start up a tech company and that tech company be worth hundreds of millions of dollars at which point you cash out 40 million dollars if you're not a smart individual. And I think Sonny Balwani is the kind of guy that if in 2005, 2006, whatever time frame this is, Elizabeth Holmes would have turned and said we faked the results he would have then come on board invested millions of his own dollars become part of the board and obviously become the chief operating officer of the company if he knew from the beginning that they were you know lying about the capabilities of the machine do i think that at some point he recognized that the machine wasn't working as flawlessly as Um, They were alleging, yeah, I think that that's true, but I think it didn't happen this quickly. I think at this point, they recognized it was still a beta version. They were doing trials, and I think that the conversation probably was more like it didn't work perfectly at the Novartis pitch, but not fraudulent in our representation to Novartis. So with that, that's episode two. If you like this episode, give me a thumbs up. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe. And again, please let me know in the questions and comments below what you would like for me to talk about, specifically if you have questions about the episodes that I haven't answered that you'd like for me to answer, I'm happy to do it. Or if you don't really find any value in this and you'd rather me just focus on the Sunny Balwani trial, happy to do that too. You let me know and I'll see you soon. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.